Hey, good morning, everyone. Come on in. Make your way in. Everybody stand with me this morning. Summer is always a time where our crowds are lower, people get in slower, you know, uh, it's so full. But I have found, and it's not anything to build a doctrine over, but I have found that summer for me in my life, looking back, are some of the most precious God moments I've ever had. I, I don't know if it's just me being aware um, and if you'll give me just a moment to talk to you. I just missed you last week. I was so excited to be here this morning. Um, have you ever been at a party or at dinner or something and people weren't paying the person enough attention and you tried to compensate? You know, or the people were late to a birthday party or they were all at one end and you'd go and sit with someone. I think that's it for me. When I'm in a fellowship and there's a smaller crowd or, or you come in and... Um, I don't know. It's just like, Lord, I'm, I'm not going to talk about them or what they're doing or not doing. I just want you to know that you are special to me. You are divine to me. You are good to me. And I don't know if it starts carnally just trying to compensate, but there's an authenticity there that knows that where two or three are gathered, he said, I'm right there. <laughs> I'm an arm's length away, a prayer away, uh, a cry away. And if he is that far away or that near, that close, then I'm that close to an answer. I'm that close to a miracle. I'm that close to a healing. I'm that close to intimacy. So I just want us to prepare our hearts this morning and draw near to him. And, and this is what I love. I love one of my favorite verses. And it leaves no doubt. He said, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Never an option. So that means if I do this, Lord, he said, I'm coming that way. If I reach up to you, Lord, then I'm reaching down to you. And I want today to be one of those days. So, Father, we just stand in your presence and we are aware of you. We exalt you. We humble our hearts and we reverence you this is not something we do out of habit it's not the thing to do on sabbath or on sundays it is our desire to meet together with you and forsake not the assembling of ourselves and to offer you our hearts corporately i just believe today O oh lord that on this sunday in june in sweltering middle Georgia you have something that you have planned and something that's optional for those that will draw near to you so as for me Lord the best way I know how I'm drawing near to you today I'm, I'm, I'm looking I'm lifting I'm searching I'm longing I'm asking and I know that as we approach you you are pleased with our worship because you must be worshipped in spirit and truth you must be so may we fulfill that today. My heart is full. My expectancy meter is off the charts today, Lord. I believe that for every man, woman, and child in this building, there is something available that is exceedingly, abundantly above all we can ask or think. 
Let it be done today, God, I pray, for the glory of your son's sake. And God's people together said, Amen.
Lord, do the strength of our hearts, the strength of our life, God. I hope it's okay for you. I pulled up some scripture that uh, that really spoke to me just a, a few moments ago talking about, and I know this is a new song, and a lot of times when you do a new song, there's that kind of like deer in the headlights moment where you're like, uh, I don't know this song. And so those are times where you just just kind of get lost and begin to, to read and, and sing along with the lyrics that are being spoken and that we get to as believers throughout our entire life and our walk with him, we get to run to him because he's our strength, he's our refuge. And Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3, it says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their singing. And then in Proverbs 18 and 10, it says, the name of the Lord is a what? A strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. And then it says in Nehemiah 8, verse 10, it says, do not grieve, don't worry, don't fret. Don't worry yourself sick with the, li- with, with the pressures of life and with the things of life. For the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so we get to run to him. We get to find our refuge in him, our strength. His name is a strong tower. And when we speak the name of Jesus, things begin to happen. And most of the time, those things happen within us because the circumstance may not change, but we do. And that's more of what's about, about us changing, about us surrendering. And like the bridge said of that song, where you are, there I'll be. What you speak, I will see. I will see your glory. And I I remember when Job says, uh, he says, though God slay me, even if God just, just annihilates me, I will still see him. My eyes will still lay upon my Savior. I will still see the Lord. God is an ever-present help in time of need. And like this song that we introduced a few weeks ago as well, talking about the worth and the majesty of our Savior and the majesty of our Lord. You know, when you sing a song like we forever run into him and he's a strong tire and he's a strength, it's so much easier to sing the the songs of worship that God, you're holy, God, you're worthy, God, you're amazing. No pen and no tongue can tell the greatness of our Savior. No no book can describe the love of God, the depths of his mercy, the, the depths of his greatness and who he is. Amen? And so as we sing this song, I just pray that your, your hearts minister to, that you, you lift him up, that you worship him with us. Jesus, we honor you.
Lift up the praise of our Savior. He's worthy. Mm -hmm. 
your light we find What makes us come alive A sacrifice of praise A city on a hill Surrender to your will Your glory on display Your glory on display Sing with me Awesome in this place oh, Jesus you are awesome in this place And you're worthy Worthy to be praised Jesus you are worthy to be praised You will be Consuming every space, it's uncontainable. You're coming like a flood. Our hearts are filling up. All things are possible. Listen, all things, all things are possible. Awesome, awesome in this place. Oh, Jesus, you are awesome in this place.
worship his majesty unto Jesus unto Jesus be your glory honor and praise his throne flows from his throne unto his own his anthem reigns so exalt lift up on high the name of Jesus you know how to be I just believe the Lord is above us I long to feel the robe of his glory across my shoulders as he walks in this place we desperately need you oh Lord we we reverence you as much as we know how fill us with your spirit oh god burn up the chaff in our life oh lord create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us cast us not away from your presence oh lord Open our eyes that we might see. Heal our hearts that we might feel. Open our minds that we might know. 
Revive us, oh God, I pray. If that's your heart's desire this morning, no look, no one looking around, just lift your hands and say, oh God, help me today. Quicken me, oh Lord, by your spirit. Bring me back to life. Bring me back to wholeness. Bring me back to health. Away with all my secondary prayers. Make me yours, oh Lord. Fully, wholly satisfied. Ben, just you, if you will, just very softly, the chorus now, majesty. I want to lift this to the Lord. last day church this is your pastor's opinion it's not going to be you know the revival a lot of people talk about the, the great the, the mighty the, the visible the works no it'll be the depth it'll be the individual depth it'll be the soul that's so emptied out and God's Spirit slowly fills. It's not an experience. It's a residence. It's a, it's a, it's a change. It's a, it's a change. So, Brother John, you don't think the world is going to experience revival? No, the Bible says it's going to get worse and worse. But now, when darkness covers the face of the earth, God's children are going to rise and shine, and His glory will be seen on them. On them. And it's just important for us. And so today I believe the Lord is starting to do, Lord, whatever it takes in my heart, whatever it takes in my heart, I just want to be right with you. Mind, body, soul, spirit, Lord. And we thank you for your spirit. Oh, God, don't leave us to ourselves. Don't leave us to ourselves because in your spirit is life. In your will is life. And that more abundantly. We give thanks unto you today, oh Lord. And church family, before you're seated, I just offer this. And the Bible says, be careful not to be haste 
you know, in your vows and uttering just anything before the Lord. If Jesus tarries, however it plays out for you, who wants to take a trip with me this summer back to Christ himself exclusively? Will you take that with me? Back to the Word. Back to prayer. And where possibly, you know, other churches, it may be just a dry summer. May the people that come back at the end of summer go, my God, what have I stepped into? That we are full and the river is flowing and I could preach all day today. So I'm a, I just love you today. I believe God is not finished with us individually, collectively, corporately. And I think it's going to be a wonderful summer. As long as the air works and God's here, we are good. Would you do this? Yeah, God. <laughs> Would you take just a quick moment, maybe just a minute or two, greet one another, and then Kelly's going to come up and transition our service.
All right, guys, if you'll go ahead and make your way back to your seats, we can get started. Good morning, guys. I just want to tell you guys, um, our family was blessed to be able to go on vacation last week, which meant that we missed a Sunday, which is not um, very common for us. And I just missed you guys really bad. I'm so very glad to be back in church this morning. This is just home for us. And um, I love that our children were very uh, shocked and surprised that wait, this is Sunday and we're not going to church? You mean we can't drive there in time to get to church? And it's like, no, honey, we're six hours away and we're just going to miss church today. So I like that um, being in this house is wonderful for them and it's normal for them and it's where they want to be. So thank you for that. Thanks for providing that for our family. Um, I'm so glad to see you guys this morning. If you're a first-time visitor with us today, I hope that as you came in the doors that you were greeted warmly. I know our greeting team has uh, prayed for you all week. Um, I hope you got a chance to get one of our Connect Guides in your hands that's got everything written down that we've got going on in the church, our summer activities. Uh, at Christ Chapel during the summer, we tend to take a break for our Wednesday and Sunday night activities to give our volunteers a little bit of a break for the summer. So we'll start back up in the fall, but make sure you take a look at your Connect Guide so you can have an idea of what we've got going on this summer, um, important dates and times. It, also, if you need to contact the church for any reason, all the uh, contact information is on that Connect Guide. At the bottom of the guide, if you're visiting with us today, if you please fill out the card at the bottom of the guide, uh, don't put it in the offering basket. If you could, just put it back in the hands of one of our greeters. We have a gift that we want to put in your hands. And, and like I've said before, we're not going to track anybody down, but we would just like to know that you're here with us today. Also, if you're a member of our church and need to sign up for anything, you can do that at the bottom of that card. And um, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and ask him to play the announcement videos, and then our ushers will come and serve our church body. Good morning, Christ Chapel. We're so glad you've chosen to worship with us today. We want to share some of our announcements that are coming up. And right now, we want to give you an update on our family mission strip team who is today in Springfield, Missouri and headed tomorrow morning to Tulsa, Oklahoma to work at the Dream Center. We covet your prayers. Please be praying for our team this week. We can't wait to get back and share with you all that God does. And our summer fun is kicking off in our children's and our youth ministries. And it starts next week. That's right, Amy. Listen, guys, if you want to go to youth camp or kids camp, there is still an opportunity for you to go. So don't miss out. Come see us so we can get you involved. We have information. We don't want anyone to miss out on these camps. We've got kids camp, youth camp, beach camp, and you have some other things going on during the week, right? That's right. Every Wednesday or every week this summer, we've got something going on for the teenagers. And all you have to do is go online, social media, Facebook, or you can come see me or Sarah. We'll plug you in to make sure that you're fully informed so that you can be involved. So make sure you come and see us in the Student Center today. All right, fathers, don't forget, next Sunday is Father's Day. Don't miss out. Church has something special planned for us, and it's not bath bombs. Okay, guys, it is men's month. That's right. Father's Day's happened, and now we have a men's night out. June 20th, Sumo Japanese Steakhouse. You don't want to miss it. Come get some sushi. Come get some hibachi. Sign up in the back so we can get you involved. 
And church family, don't know if you noticed or not, but in the foyer, we've got a display up there that is advertising our vendor, craft, and yard sale. That's right. It's not just for vendors or crafters. If you got stuff at home you just need to get rid of, this is the event for you. It's happening July 7th from 8 a.m. to noon out on the outdoor soccer field. It's going to be covered with vendors and crafters and hopefully your yard sale stuff. Uh, spots are just $20 each, and the deadline to register is July 2nd, so don't miss out on that. You can register online, pay online as well. There's a QR code at the bottom of each flyer or poster. Just scan that with your phone. It takes you directly to the Facebook event. We're hoping this is going to be a great event. So that's July 7th, Craft Vendor Sale. And then coming up on Saturday, July 14th, is our next Family Blitz. And like I said last week, if you remember, we had a great time last year just hanging out with our church family. We got more details coming up soon, so be on the lookout for that. Also, don't forget, our church app is just about ready for release. About to give you that date very soon. Also, the website's being overhauled. We're super excited about this and been working hard to pull all the elements together, so be on the lookout for that. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Christ Chapel Macon. Have a great day. if you'd come and serve our church body and then Pastor John will pray over the offering. Right before we pray over these, our gifts, I want to state publicly, I just want to thank uh, Pastor Ken for his ministry last week. I was inundated with uh, messages and calls and said, man, what a strong anointed word. And we just honor the Lord for that gift last week. Amen. And I just want to thank you again uh, for the opportunity to go minister uh, to this pastor. Uh, celebrating 50 years of ministry. Uh, a lot of my pastor friends don't have that luxury. They go out of town and they hear about it directly or indirectly, you know, uh, you know, missed you last week, you know, and make you feel bad. But it was a church of about 30 people. And this pastor had no idea uh, that we were, I was coming and just because of what my dad meant to him. And my dad took him and his brother to a youth camp 50 years ago I did not know one detail, but both the boys gave their hearts to the Lord. Lord, Both of the boys answered the call to preach, and 
this pastor I preached for met his wife at that youth camp, and she was sitting on the front row as well. So I just want to tell you that, um, you know, some people jockey to be in the largest crowds, but you can be in the smallest place and just be right in the middle of God's glory. And we were able to love on him, and uh, I think it meant a lot to him. I, I loved it as well, so thank you. Father, with great joy, this is just another part. It's not the premier part, and it's not the secondary part. It's a part of who we are. We offer you these uh, expressions of our resources to remind you of your place in our heart. I know I can speak for myself and the other dads here. Nothing comes before your wife and babies. Nothing. But you do, Lord. And we want you to know by giving to you first... Uh, it's our way of reminding uh, ourselves of your importance and your preeminence. And for us, especially, God, I'm talking to fathers today, if they're the primary caregiver or the mom, that peace that knows that my God will supply all of my needs. No jockeying, no manipulation. I work my hardest, I live my best, and then God takes care. What a wonderful, wonderful exchange. And we give you thanks today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll go ahead and answer one time so I don't have to do it a, a lot. People say, how was your vacation? We had three kids in a condo. <laughs> Thank the Lord for Grandma. Grandma went with us, and it's uh, wake, up, pool, uh, wake up, beach, pool, beach, pool, ice cream, beach, pool, inside eat, go back out, reapply sunscreen. And after about the fourth day, I was like, I need a vacation from it. But you know what? Those are wonderfully exhausting, glorious memories. And thank you for my time away. I won't be taking any soon. Thank you very much for <laughs> Y'all have done that. Yeah. And then if it rains, oh, Lord, you just go home. Just pack it up. Stand with me one more time for the reading of God's Word. 1 Timothy chapter 6. This is Paul writing to, he had many sons in the Lord, but this was his closest by observation uh, to Timothy. He was the one most like Paul. Paul taught everybody, but entrusted to Timothy uh, special times, seasons, ministry opportunities. And he, he spoke to Timothy as a man of God, 1 Timothy 6, 11. But you need to understand that that word man, uh, he was speaking to Timothy as a male but that Greek word means person. So you, the people of God, I'll say it that way, flee from those things which were carnal and immoral and strive. Here it is. Turn from the immoral things and strive for uprightness, godliness, good faith, love, fortitude, and a forgiving temper. Here it is. Exert all of your strength in the honorable struggle for the faith. Your Bible may say, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of the life of the ages to which you were called. Well, I thought we had eternal life. Well, we were, Paul's right there. Put your finger there. We were saved. We are being saved. And we shall be saved. We inherit we inherited eternal life at the regeneration, but not all believers and maybe not many believers live with that flow of present life today. So he said, fight for that 
life of the ages to which you were called. Don't just wait on heaven for eternal life. Taste of the heavenly gift today. To which you were called when you made your noble profession of faith before many witnesses. And Paul said, I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all creatures and of Jesus Christ who at the bar of Pontius Pilate Pilate made a noble profession of faith keep God's commandments and expectations stainlessly and without approach till the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ you may be seated in the presence of the Lord Father I present myself to you just this me and I'm asking you to anoint me today allow me to share the things whether they're on this page or not that you need and desire to be shared and that I not share the things that you don't want me to allow us to receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save us heal us and set us in proper paths at proper speeds and I thank you for today I depend upon that anointing Lord in Jesus name Amen every believer should be in a fight now I have peace with God, but I don't have peace with this world. I don't have peace with my flesh. I don't have peace with the social systems, the current of this world. Every believer is invited to die. We, uh, contrary to what's taught in many uh, national and international ministries where we group a lot of people together and we'll group them all together based on their excitement level and I'm going to teach you principles to get what you want, what you need, what you desire so you can go to the next place and live more carefree than you did at the place before. But Jesus preached no such gospel and Paul preached no such gospel. He said, Jesus taught us that you shall through much, say it with me, much tribulation into the kingdom of God now there is joy unspeakable and full of glory in our hearts and we sample it in this life but this life was not set for our comfort but for our preparation we're being prepared for the world to come and many believers there's really no fight we, because we get tired of fighting because it seems like we're not winning, but the fight of the believer, and I'll, I'll explain what I'm, I'm, this statement further if the Lord will allow. The fight of the believer is the evidence of eternal life. The fight, the tenacious interdependence upon the Lord and the fighting against all things that are contrary to Him is the evidence that God's Spirit is in me. The world hated Him. Okay. Where do you hear that at? We've made it our mission for the world to like the church. Now, I don't want to be hated. I don't even like being disliked. I'm like, I'm an amazing guy. You should like me. I, that's my first thought. But Jesus said, if the world hated me, they're going to hate you. Why? The world did not hate him until he stepped out and vocally said what God the Father said. I am the way. I'm the truth. No man cometh to the Father but by me. We be Abraham's seed. 
He said, your father's the devil. When you, when you stand against contrary forces, apostate religion, Christless gospels, the hatred flows. Now, as long as we have our little church on the corner and we play our style of music, everybody's kind of happy and it's three steps to a better life. Ain't no problem. But when you fight, when you fight for truth, and I'm going to get, again, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. If you're not fighting, whose side are you on? The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and violent people take it by force. Now, I do want to make this disclaimer. God doesn't get any glory in you walking around as a militant Christian. Hey, brother, what, well, what do you mean by hate? I'm on God's side. Militant attitude, that weird is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. I've told you, it's not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. We are not militant in our demeanor. We're militant in our soul. Would you tell my baby that at school? I'll tell your child. No, you won't. That contradicts the Word of God. Don't tell me that. And see, when you fight, there's cost. I don't know if you're a sports fan or nothing. Uh, I think it was Ray Lewis that said this, but, uh, you know, you got teams playing at this high level of contact and physical force. Are you aware that in professional football, some of the impact is similar to a car wreck when you do the compression and the speed and you got a man 300 pounds running 22 miles an hour and he hits you right in the side of your neck? And Ray Lewis said, everybody has a plan till they get hit in the mouth. And when you fight, that's the only thing I didn't like about fighting. I liked when I was young and lost. I'd like scurry until you hit me. And I'm like, dang, that, I, I, did, I just didn't like that part. And we have learned in the church how not to get hit by people at work, how not to get hit among backslid carnal Christians, how not to get hit, and we're all getting along. My question is going where? Fight the good fight of faith. Don't you contradict the Lord. Don't, don't ask me to contradict him. Don't ask me to oppose him. Don't ask me to bow my knee to your ideologies when God is crystal clear and said, if you are ashamed of me, John, and or my words, then I will be ashamed of you when I come with my holy angels. If you're not fighting, whose side are you on? Because the world is fighting your Christ and the world is fighting his church. And the world is fighting the precious lives of little children that have not heard the gospel. Every one of us, I may not even get into my sermon, you know, you know the, what, what, by sermon I mean what's typed here. Every one of us is a soldier. See, when God describes us, he describes us in many ways. First and primarily, we're children of God. And we're also servants of God. And we're also ambassadors of God. And we're also instruments of God. But we're also soldiers. He said, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. If what could happen in the natural realm happens in the spiritual realm, would you like somebody like you covering your back? Our church has people that you know, give them a rifle. They, they wouldn't know... There's no fighting. 
I just want to love the Lord. I get, my, I get my church at home and I watch it on TV. I don't, oh, I get it. You get to eat without ever having to defend anyone. You get the liberty without the warfare. You see, you're a soldier. I'm a soldier. We're either a good one or a bad one. We're either active or inactive. We're either in the fight or AWOL. And I'm not beating you up today. I'm stirred. Listen, some are to, to get well, you got to just stir. You know, you go to, are there any Shoney's left? Like, is there like five left? Some, some, there used to be one on every corner. But you know, some, Shoney's used to have a real good soup and sa the salad bar was really good. But the soup, if you went in late and the ladle is sitting on top, just like on top. No part of it submerged. And it smells good. What do you do? Scrape that joke back or go through it and get it all stirred up. And see, to be stirred up, you have to be stirred up. What type of soldier are you? Am I better for having you covering my back? Are you better for having me? Are you current are you AWOL? We wrestle. We wrestle against our flesh. We wrestle against the culture and the current of this world. We wrestle against our unregenerate mind. We wrestle undis undisciplined feelings, but we are required to fight the good fight of faith. Is there anything you could do to inherit eternal life? No, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But outside of that, everything is interdependent, you and God. And God will not do for you what he asked you to do. God will not fight the fight of faith for you. Do you understand? You understand? It just never. God will not give you a good work ethic. God will not give you manners. You see, in the natural realm, and when he says, fight the good fight of faith... Okay, well, if you don't want to, I'll just put my hand in you like a puppet and make you fight. We must fight. Okay, here's just a couple to me that head up the list. We must fight to stay His. And by His, I mean God the Father through Jesus Christ. My primary connection, and I'm going to keep saying it these 23 years now, preaching 30 years, but pastoring Christ Chapel... When someone asks you, you're a Christian, don't you tell them you go to Christ Chapel? Or what do you mean? No, no, no. You tell them, yes, I'm a born-again believer. I belong. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is my master. It, we, the association first. I must fight not to uh, know Christ secondarily. Uh, the gifts in the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, they are to edify and build you up, but never to replace your dependence and connectivity with the Lord ever. Can you imagine somebody saying, I just, I want to, uh, if I told Kelly, I invited her out, you know, I'm trying to court her. And I said, yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm ask you, would you like to go out? So I don't know. I said, well, I got this guy over here and I'm going to have him pick you up and I'm going to tell him what all to do for me and uh, how to impress you and where to take you. And, uh, and then uh, I'm going to tell him what to order and I'll be calling him during the night. And then when he gets to the door, based on what he's told me, you know, I'll, I'll tell him whether to walk away or, you know, uh, 
Anyway, I'll help you with all that. You'd say, what kind of weird? That's my point exactly. So you want to know Christ through me first? No. You've got to fight not to let the church, not to become dependent first on the nursing of ministry gifts. The ministry gifts are supposed to complement and complete that which you are doing at home. I've got to fight. They, you know, John, I don't need, listen, John, I don't need you to teach me first. I need you to confirm in me what I'm studying at home. Ben, I don't need you to teach me to worship. I need you to culminate my week of singing unto the Lord and being grateful. And you got to fight because the church will do everything for you. Guess what we have Monday night and then it's family night and then something for your kids and then Tuesday and Wednesday and then Sunday morning we got this for your kids and you don't have to do nothing. Just come. And you know what happens? You do that long enough and then they're like, that really doesn't have any life. I don't even know why I'm going you got to fight to be Christ first. You have to fight to be Christ exclusively. I, I tease myself about this all the time because I tell everybody, you have no obligation to me. You have no debt to me. Uh, your, uh, your connection is to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, when you, and you, have no connect, you have no, you don't owe this church anything. But when you say that, then people feel like they don't know the church anything and they can just go and come but that's the way it's supposed to be you're not only to be Christ first but his exclusively I may worship and serve the Lord through a local church and love my local church and be blessed at my local church but it's 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 Christ first and him exclusively so if I'm in a thriving church or a declining church, if I'm in a large or a small, it don't matter where you put me because I brought Christ with me. Brought Christ with me. Him exclusively. Not Jesus and your favorite preacher. Not Jesus and your favorite worship group. you you got to be careful. And I understand marketing, guys. I understand the business dynamic. And when people travel and preach, and I understand that you got to pay to provide for the families. I got all that. But anything that looks like celebrity, back away from it. Anything that looks like if, if that guy walked in the room, there's pastor so-and-so, walk away from it. There's bishop so-and-so. He, compared to the resplendent glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, that man and this man are at best unprofitable servants. You got your eyes in the wrong place. Oh, no, their preaching has drawn me closer. Well, it seems like you're more enamored with that guy than you were Sunday morning when we began to worship because you were just yawning and scratching and looking around. You've got to fight to make sure your eyes are singularly and exclusively on the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank the Lord for this house. I thank the Lord for the teaching and the preaching and the ministry, but it's God, Christ the Lord, His Spirit. And then there's long gap between anyone else. The fight to stay his completely. The fight to stay his without reserves. Do you know what without reserve means? Any of y'all do eBay or go to the uh, auto auction and say, there's no reserve. That means that you can buy it for what it is, but it could go as high as you want to. And eat. I don't like those people on eBay that snipe. 
and they watch it down to like five seconds and then win it right out from under you because I'm trying to get a deal and I, I tell me I'm winning for five days and then nine seconds before it, you snipe me. But the key to winning, the, the devil's got them. The key to winning is if something's worth $50 and you know it's worth that, the buy it now is $70, you just either buy it now or put $90. You know, just let it go as high as you want not without reserve. Is your life with Christ without reserves? I don't care what it costs. If we have to downsize, I'm going to be in your will. If we have to move, I'm going to be in your will. If I got to go backwards, I want to be in your will. There's no reserves. It's all yours. It's hard to do that when a lot of people are teaching you and training you that God always moves you up. Let's talk about pastors for a while. Let's get off y'all. Let's talk about pastors. How come the Lord always leads them to a bigger place? This will be my last Sunday. I'm going to Mount Nebo Apostolic Worship Deliverance Center of God in Christ Revival Center. They're running about 5,000. Every resignation seems to go up. Now, I understand gifting and influence and stuff, but when's the last time the pastor resigned and went to Hayhira or Osceola? Or, you know, anything below the, Latin, below the Nat line. You know what happens? God will lead you to a certain place until you hit your reserve limit, and then he keeps walking and you stop. The Christians that are closest to the Lord, who enjoy the Lord more fully, and who have more fruit are those that have no reserves. It's hard to say. Everything I have is yours. Father, my babies are yours. I just don't know how I could crawl. I, all I know is to tell you they're yours, and if anything was ever happened or you took them from me, that there'd be grace there. But you are primary for me. It's a struggle to do that because I see them. <laughs> I hold them. They kiss me. They run and greet me. And it's hard to keep a spiritual, invisible relationship more important than a physical, tangible one you can see, touch, taste, hold. But you have to fight to do so. Fight to stay his publicly and privately. And fight to stay content with the Lord. There are many uh, telltale signs of infection or dis-ease, if you will, in, in our soul you know there's rebellion which is I don't care what God says I'm gonna do what I want there is uh, um, the part where you know what it says but you you know you're just kind of casual about it there's not really a, a, a positive or a negative it's just a, a, an indifference if you will and then there's a, a Obedience that produces a, like a bitterness of soul. They're always, you know, look like they've been baptized in lemon juice or something, you know. Like they, they're holy, you know. You know, and you go, I ain't doing nothing. We ain't doing nothing wrong. I don't drink, smoke, chew, go to the theater, you know, I don't wear makeup, walking sticks, eyeglasses, roll-on deodorant, outdoor floodlights, none of it. I don't do none of it. And you, 
fruit of the Spirit is joy. What you have then is someone that is confused. And Felicia and I were talking about that this, this week, where they take the two parts and don't treat it as a whole. It is not enough to consecrate or sanctify, I should say, set myself apart from the world, but I must consecrate myself unto God. It is the separation from the world that frees me to fully engage Him, and it's not separation from the world that brings joy, and joy unspeakable. It's the embracing of God, and the intimacy of God, and I cannot embrace Him fully if I smell like the world. Number two. Oh, i got, I got to finish my point. Content. You have to fight to be content. How do you become content? You keep whittling away the things that you think you can't live without to enjoy the Lord fully. If I'm going to live discontent with this, then I, don't, I, I can't. And Lord, what part of me has to die to be content? Discontentment is created by unrealized expectations and desires. But if you whittle it back, whittle it back, whittle it back, whittle it back, dying to self, dying to self, to where you said, I just want your presence in my life more than you. And all that, you know these things, but I just want that. And God gives you that, and there's contentment. And then I've found, this is my life, I've found that when I'm content with Him, he beats me to the punch to give me all the other things that make life full. All. He will not withhold any, any good thing from those that walk uprightly. Isn't that what the Word says? What part of any don't we get? But we want it all to be content. And godliness with contentment is what? Great gain. Number two. The fight to stay consistent. Oh, this is hard. We might live and die here. <laughs> reading the Bible. Studying the Bible. Do you understand the difference between reading and studying? Reading is for your pleasure. I read the paper. I just read an article. But if you're getting tested on it, I'm so glad I'm not in school no more. And can I just free some of you parents and grandparents? You may not like this, but just pray about it. It just bring you freedom. Said, well, when I, it was just as hard when I... Have you lost your mind? <laughs> lost your mind. When I went to Central, I got an education from Central. I graduated with an eighth grade edge. I did. I tested at Mercer, and I was right at the ninth grade level. Anyway... I'm not blaming them. I was also a moron, but between us and them, between us and them, we made for not too much. Um, what was I telling y'all? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, okay. The studying. When I was at Central, they had one room with typewriters in it, and you were not allowed to your senior year to take typing. These fine pieces of equipment in you just, you're not, oh, if I put you in there with a typewriter, you need to respect the machine. And, you, you know, you're just like, A-S-D-F-J-K-L-Semi. Mm. And it was like, 4K! Kids are on computers, <laughs> copying and pasting. And, and they're, you know, parents, I'm watching them. The kids are coming home in fifth grade with stuff. Go, go get your mama to help you with that. I don't know. 
I've never seen that. I've got a master's degree. I've never seen that in my life. In my life. Studying means that I am learning something, memorizing it, making application, or understanding how it connects with other thoughts, ideologies, issues, bringing them together and explaining the benefits, pros and cons. I have to understand it all. Do you study the Word of God? I just like to read it. God calling. Just a little, just a little chapter. But see, if I get in the Word of God, I got a backpedal to the last scripture, and I got a backpedal over here because I got to understand how God was in the Old Testament. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and He doesn't change. And so I need to blend not just the goodness, but with the severity of God, and I need to understand. And that is hard. Studying is hard. But the Bible tells us to study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. We can't even carve out time to read much less study because to study means we would have to give up one of the few pleasures we still have because we have no no margins because our lives are so full you have to fight to stay studious you have to fight to to grow in the knowledge of God and in the Word of God you have to fight to stay worshipful you have to fight to stay grateful you have to fight to stay prayerful. You have to fight to stay uh, uh, serving. You have to fight to be consistent in these things and to grow in these graces. We have to fight to be submissive. One of the most misquoted and misapplied scriptures in my lifetime is the man that will stand up and tell their wife, you know, hit the table, submit yourself unto, uh, to me as unto Christ. Well, before that comes love that woman like Christ loved the church. And if she's looking at a man that would be stripped naked and beaten unconscious and with his beard pulled out and the thorns pushed in his head and his body hanging ribbons of flesh to protect her, she'd follow him anywhere. Just a thought. Just, that ain't part of my sermon. We'll just throw that out there for free. Submission. That word makes women cringe and men go, huh? Submission. Submission means that we silence, submit. We silence our ideas, our counsel, uh, our desire to be heard, uh, understood, uh, when you're fighting with somebody, uh, you know, or MMA or you're out in the parking lot, submit. When they, when they tap, that means let, whatever you're doing, just let go. Just I submit. It's not, hey, if you'll do this, I'll submit. It's just an all-inclusive submit unto the Lord. The Bible said that all of us had earthly fathers who disciplined us for a time according to their knowledge, not infinite knowledge. And he said, shall you not much more? If, if they did it for your good, will, will you not live submissive to the Lord, the Father of spirits, and live? It's hard to be submissive where it's, yes, sir. Our little girls, they're, they're, they're learning the difference between obedience and submission. They walk in that line. Sometimes, yes, daddy. 
And other times, it's easy to go upstairs and roll her eyes. What's that? I'm like, God, let them stick. Let them stick. Let them stick in the top of her head. But she goes upstairs. She goes upstairs with her eyes just all hung up in like here. And little precious Olivia's behind her. Don't do that, Izzy. Don't do it. Just be sweet Olivia. Sweet Olivia. And Izzy's got my heart, but uh, Olivia's just... We, we're at the beach. Don't let me forget my place. We're at the beach. And Elisha touched his little screwball and dropped it on the sand. And it, Olivia goes, here, buddy. Immediately, Izzy's like... And I love them all. I love them all. <laughs> Do you know what's the difference between a worm and a snake? And the Bible says that Jesus, it prophesied of him coming. He said, I'm a worm. I'm no man. It's when Pontius Pilate and the Jews picked up their foot to squish him. A worm doesn't hiss. It's submitted to the will of God. And if the cross falls on him, he doesn't rebel. For us, for me, this one is so hard because it gets to the root attitude. I've lived long enough now that I pretty much primarily obey, but not always with the willing heart. It's the martyrdom complex, you know. You have to fight to stay submissive. You have to call yourself out. You've got to drop to your knees in your house in front of the stove and go, forgive my childish attitude, my immaturity. God, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with us is because iniquity abounds. We become controlled and transformed by this world and its attitudes which teach us nonstop through media and television and written publications that you, God, are your own life. Ain't nobody going to tell you what to do. Now, a preacher might suggest, would you consider? Jesus didn't, God at Sinai didn't give uh, the ten suggestions, and Jesus doesn't give suggestions. I love it when he walk up to a man that owns his own business, James and John on the fishing business, and their boats are on the water. He goes, Follow me. That was it. What you mean by follow you? <laughs> Matthew was at a table of customs, so there's stacks of gold and silver with Caesar's inscription on it. And all these people lined up, and they're extorting him, and he's getting his cut. Jesus says, follow me. Oh, if I leave this table, there ain't no going back. <laughs> because he's gone maybe 15, 20 steps. What happened to the table? All the peasants came and took all the money away. Are you submissive? Is there a yes, sir, in your soul with joy? And I, I, I'm not preaching at you. This is hard for me, but I'll tell you why it's hard. It is hard to submit to the Lord when you do not trust. But if you trust... It's easy for me to submit when I said, you wouldn't ask something like this for me unless you've got my good in mind. And the trusting person, you know, I'm teaching that to our kids. I said, if you'll do this, do you trust me? Do you trust me? And they're wanting to give up that one little toy, you know, or something. You just trust me. The trust makes submission possible, and it makes it enjoyable. And now, let me just touch this for some of you that are coming from different churches and, uh, or maybe going to other churches. 
you're, the part about being submitted to a pastor, it's take what submission to God means and reduce it down to like 1%. And a pastor would be the one that you would submit to if he says, according to scripture and what you're telling me, and I, I'm, off, I'm, I'm reminding you of the scripture here, and I'm going to ask you to go to that person and try to make peace. That's about the extent of submission to a pastor. You don't ask your pastor who you can date and who you don't date and can I work here? Do I have your blessing? Just and I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just it's almost like this. I feel like the Lord's coming any day and I want to make sure all my bases are covered, telling you everything. Where in scripture does it ask you to go get a pastor's blessing? And I'm not saying it's wrong or evil, but it's sure not required. <laughs> Like if you said, Pastor, based on your knowledge of me and I'm praying about this, do you think this is good? Or, or if someone's leaving, you know, the church and they said, Pastor, I just want you to know I love you and I, I appreciate our time here. I always, I said, man, you got my blessing. Which means don't live in guilt about this. But you don't need my blessing. Now, where that can come in is I'm not going to bless you in sin. I'm not going to, anyway, that's just, just a side note. But you have, you have to fight to stay disciplined. You have to fight uh, to submit reverently, respectively, trustingly. Disciplined in the following of his leading. Disciplined in the following of his leading. Ben, if you would come, please. Uh, we might do a series on this. Is that okay with y'all? I've, I've got five here and five on the computer, and we did three, so we might. It is, it is a fight to follow the Lord because I got plans. I got ideas. Now, for all you young people, who's in my 20s and 30s? Okay. I'm going to give you some good news. As you get older, a lot of stuff gets harder. A lot, and a lot of stuff gets easier. It really does. When you cross the threshold and fashion, you don't care what it looks like. You say, does that feel good? Hey. If it ain't got a string in it, baby, when I get home, no. And when you're young, you goals and plans, and I'm going to go to, you know, either ninth grade. I've declared my major in college. You don't even know. You're going to graduate with uh, a degree in mutant biology, you know, and you'll be working at Wendy's in a window, you know. But the, to, to, to follow the Lord when you're young is so hard because you got all these plans and if you let God pick, He may not pick what you want. But as you get older, listen, and my friends here on the second row, and I, I wouldn't use them in an incorrect sense, but when, when you bury irreplaceable people, when you lose strength and help, one of the hardest things for me as a man is now in my 50s, I'm like a third of the man I was. I can't lift stuff. I can't do stuff. And in my mind, I'm still young. I still, I can still do it. I can't brush my teeth tomorrow, but I can do it. You know, it's, the, it's, it's that fading away. And the older you get, Ken, isn't it easier to follow the Lord now? Because you realize every time I chose, it didn't work out. <laughs> every time. Because there's a way that seemeth right unto man, and the end thereof are always the ways of death. But 
they that are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Where do you want me to go, Lord? But you have to fight in your early years to bow your knee and say, I, I want to go there, but I just don't feel like you want me to go there. Job opportunities open up. I've had them young, and they offered me double my salary. They would put me in a home. They would give me the down payment to provide my wife the first home and would pay for my school through a doctorate. And I knew the moment I put my foot in the airport to go home that it was a no. I said, follow you, follow you, Lord. For some of us, you know, and I, I covered a lot of stuff this morning. So don't try to work out all the pieces. I'm just asking you now with all that information, are you fighting? Would that word describe you? I'm fighting to be pure. I'm fighting to be faithful. I'm fighting to be powerful. I'm fighting to be knowledgeable. I'm fighting my, to be submissive. I'm, I'm, I'm beating my body. I'm making it tap. I'm not allowing. Because if I stop fighting, the current of this world will take me away from the Lord. Thou, woman of God, fight the good fight of faith. Man of God, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of the life of ages and hold on. Grab your wife with the other hand. She has the babies and say, we will live in the center of God's will. We will live in the center of God's pleasure. And we will live in the center of God's blessings because I will have it no other way. No other way. My daddy died in 74, and I am still reaping the blessings of his name. I am still reaping the blessings. God tells us, he said, I'll remember your righteousness down a hundred, a thousand generations for your life. Your baby's 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 because of you, because of you, because of you. But you got to fight that. God will not do it for you. And I'll close with this. The fight is inevitable. The results are irreversible. The results are irreversible. I was, I, I forgot, I mean, we did something special, but how many of our veterans are here? If you've served, uh, or would y'all honor them this morning? Would you bless them this morning? Don't, don't get me started on, on, on this generation in our nation. But let me address one thing, and I've, I've started my closing early enough. We're going to beat everybody to lunch today. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. Because, see, that leads to early home, early nap. Amen? Okay, yeah. Here's what this generation doesn't understand. They do not understand the power of the freedom that now they can be offended at everything and grab a bullhorn and oppose everything and the freedom to do that some little boy's daddy's in the ground that bought them that freedom that freedom that freedom and until it's gone and every communist nation on the face of the earth in the history of the world when the wall falls they rush to the free side but freedom comes with cost and if our soldiers had not fought we would not have what we have 
and God will not give you a freedom that you didn't fight for. He's made you free, but you have to fight to stay free. I hope I've twisted your arm enough this morning and let you know that we, we just need to, you know, stir you up a little bit. And I'm going to pick on Ben real quick. This is my last third closing, I promise. Ben is so meek and kind. Ben's one of the, he's the same every day, gentle, loving. I told him one day, I said, I got you figured out. And stabbed me. He goes, what you mean? I said, you ain't fooling nobody. And he said, what do you mean? I said, uh, I believe I could push you around. I believe I could slap you and you'd bow your head and walk off. But if I grabbed your kids or cussed your wife, he'd say, he said, it wouldn't be good for you. <laughs> you know, like, he's like... The, the, the switch would flip. It's like, and I told y'all, you ever want me to leave? You ain't not got to send no letters out and sign a petition, mistreat my wife and babies. I'll tip my hat. God bless y'all. We're done. My point is this. If it's precious to you, you'll fight. Isabel and Olivia and Elisha's future is precious to me. It's on, baby. It's on. My wife is precious. This church, this local church is precious to me. Don't come. Don't be a part of this church and other people got a gun strapped over each arm and they're praying and they're serving and you come in shorts and flip-flops with a hollowed out coconut going, hey, what's up? We're fighting. We're fighting. Heaven's coming. And I really don't know where all it's going. I'm just... I'm just stirring soup today. Let's see what comes up out of the ladle. But it's time. It's time to awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead and Christ will give you life. Father, you wouldn't command us to do something that you didn't expect us to do. And you wouldn't command us to do something we couldn't do. And I don't know who this is for, Lord, but you would not ask us to fight in a battle we couldn't win. And you always cause us to triumph through Christ Jesus. I'm asking you, Lord, to let life, your spirit and the enemy, provoke men in this church and women in this church. Bring out that warrior part of them that says, not me, not today, not anymore. Let it happen today, God, I pray. One treat for you before you go. Felicia, you'll do something for me. A few years ago, did you sing a song for me? Did you sing that song about his eyes on the sparrow? Come here, come here. This, today is kind of like a fat man going through a barbed wire fence. Here a point, there a point, everything. But it's good. But that was so hard. Will you just come up and I just, I just asked Ben earlier, and I love you, by the way. You can stand right here with me because... <laughs> And I love you. And when you're done, a quick prayer, because I know you like me. The way I preach, you pray. But would you just sing that over us? Would you do that for me? I just believe it's going to be a wonderful thing.
Let's just bow our heads. Father, may we see your goodness because your goodness leads to your glory. And your glory always shines through the darkness, shine through the darkness of our hearts, our souls, where our mind is not fixed on you, O oh God. Fix our eyes on you. Be the lifter of our heads where we look to you and to the one and only who connects us to you. Time is short, oh God. May our wills be surrendered and may our emotions be healed because you've given us spiritually in our spirit what we need. You give us yourself. Consume us with your Holy Spirit. You're calling us to holiness, oh God. May we truly answer the call. You are watching over us, and you have met every need we have. There is none other. May we fix our eyes on you, oh God, as you fixed our eyes on us. Why should I feel discouraged? Why do the shadows Does my heart feel lonely? And on for heaven, it's home. We're going home soon. When Jesus is my portion, he's all we need. A constant friend, friend is he. His eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Thank you. All we can really do is say thank you. His eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Let's sing this chorus together if you know it. I sing because I'm happy.
there's so much more, oh God, to your whole gospel. Yes, Lord. Oh God, let us see. The blind will see, the lame will hear, the deaf, the yes, walking God. captives will be set free. And blessed are those who are not offended in you, oh God. Thank you, Father. Amen. In Jesus' name. Hey, have a